Hey, fanboys and fangirls. You know that annoying moment where you're missing that one issue to complete a run? Have no fear. Harry Tarantula is having a back issue sale from July 17th to July 23rd, 2017. It's 25% off all back issues, so you'll surely be able to complete your collection. Then, for all those who want to become pros in the business, they're doing 20% off art books from July 24th to July 30th, the very next week. So head on down to Harry Tarantula at 6979 Young Street and get in on all those sweet sales. And tell them Aaron sent you. Listening to Speech Bubble, the podcast that goes one on one with Toronto's comic book luminaries, with your host, Aaron Broverman. Hey, fanboys and fangirls, welcome to another episode of Speech Bubble on Never Sleeps Network at NeverSleepsNetwork.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast needs met. I am your host, Aaron Broverman, and with me today is Alfonso Espinos. Alfonso has this little mini empire going on called Studio Comics. He's a publisher, a printer, he prints comics for other people that are wanting to sell them at shows. He has his own comics, about 12 titles under the Studio Comics banner. It's particularly his main comic, The Night Spike. It's it's pretty cool. It's a, sort of a cartoonish style. Uh, reminds me of sort of uh, Looney Tunes and th- those sorts of things. He, you also may have seen him in Heroes Manufactured. Uh, we had uh, direct Director Yaron Baton on a show uh, when the uh, documentary was coming out, but uh, they really do follow Alfonso as he sells his independent comics everywhere, all kinds of comic conventions and things like that. So he's he's a star of Heroes Manufactured. Alfonso, how are you? Good to see you. Well, thank you very much for that nice, super. Uh, uh, I love that. I love that intro. I think that I couldn't even present myself like that ever. It's just a fantastic. I mean, when you hear uh, someone else listed all this stuff that I have done or I have put together, then it, it seems wow! It seems like a lot. Yeah, it I'm kind of proud of myself. <laughs> seems like you're 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 like a one man band. You have your own publishing company. Yeah. You have a bunch of people yeah. working on comics under you. I heard too that you're trying to put together a subscription box. Yes. So then there's a big uh, a bunch of stuff that we are building up. I will say for the next year that's going to be happening. But before that. I really want to thank you for the invite. I was thrilled to just drive all the way here. <laughs> I mean, I love the drive. It's always fantastic to go through the 401, you know. It's just, I love it. I mean, love Toronto. We have a beautiful view right here in the studio. So then, yeah, I'm really, really happy to be here. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, like Studio Comics... Where to start? This is just such a long story. Well, why don't we start way back? Let's start how you got into comics originally. How did you get interested in comics? Where are you from? Where were you born? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we start. Uh, it's it's hard to go right back to the core story because we're looking at about more than 20 years because I've been 20 years in the market with the Studio Comics brand now. Wow. So then uh, I go way back 
uh, I'm originally from Mexico that you that's something that uh, everybody has here so far I'm originally from Mexico Mexico City actually the the, the big city as big as Toronto and even bigger right uh, with uh, triple the, the people there I love uh, uh, the whole um, way that I kind of like get interested in comics because back on the day Mexico City were looking about the uh, 1990s in the 90s Maybe on the eight, finish on the 80, 87, 88, I was uh, starting to do my first doodles, like kind of like getting together. Unfortunately, back on the day, back on Mexico, uh, there was not a schools that they offer comic book creation. I mean, we're looking now 20 years forward right now. And then you have Ty Templeton's uh, studio. You have uh, so many uh, different uh, schools that they offer a specific course to create comics and learn how to draw comics. But we're looking back uh, 20 years ago, they, they didn't exist. So it, it was kind of like at the beginning was self-thought, everything that you that, that you can learn. There's things that you go to school for, like, you know, anatomy, the, the background part, um, everything that it gets involved in the creation of a panel. But it, it's just put together in pieces till the point that you actually have that part, right? On the part of the creation of the characters, or so development of the characters, then I develop a few characters. Um, and then with my first book, I approach this uh, small press that they were also doing self-published back in Mexico. It, yeah. These guys, uh, there was a really nice group uh, team. There was a really nice team of guys that they were doing uh, different titles. The main title that they were published back on that day was called Caribou Lou. And um, these guys were on their brand called uh, Lulu Comics. So I approached them, said like, hey, you guys, you know, this is what I do. The guys, they kind of like like my stuff and they say, fine, okay, well, we'll give them a shot. And um, yeah, so then I published the first nice pack over there, then... We got uh, a few um, titles published over there. Then at that point, I said, like, yeah, you know what? I don't think that I would really want to continue in working with them. I mean, we're really nice uh, friends. We still chat the often time. But then I moved to create my own brand. That The first one, when uh, the Nike Spike was published, was on their uh, brand. That's really crazy brands called Fanzine Comics. Okay. And that was a one shot on Nike Spike number one. Then right after that, then I kind of like thought that maybe we can have a little bit bigger uh, the, the the evolution of the comic on on my end. And then I went right away and did uh, Studio Comics. So then then it was born. That was 1993 when in we, Mexico in Mexico. Wow. Then from there. We start like moving forward to do Nike Spike. That was the main thing that I was producing over there. Actually, that was the Nike Spike Chronicles. That's the previous story of uh, the Nike Spike before the superheroes become superheroes, right? Qu quotation marks. Right. At that point, and I, uh, like I said, published the Chronicles of the Nike Spike, and then I've um, went on for years. Of course, in Mexico, you have to find a second job to. You know, maintain whatever you're doing. You're young. You have like, a, you know, you, you spend your money in, in stupid stuff. You don't really know what exactly what you want. Then you're still trying to get into like a feel of, of what I was doing. I mean, I was, what, 18 years at a time, right? Right. Then from there, I got the chance to, to, to come to Canada. That we're looking about maybe like 20 years, like I said, like 20 years ago. And then from there, then I start publishing the Nike Spike. Wow. But so now, now I publish everything on English, right? Because 
that was a task on its own. Just to give you a big, a, a little idea. So then, uh, when the Night Spike is a title about these two superheroes, it's a comedy, uh, a parody type of thing, right? It's a comedy title where you have these two superheroes that they lack of superhero skills. They don't have any uh, superhero abilities. They don't have superpowers. They're not even super, right? They are just two guys that they put like these costumes and they think that they want to save the world. But at the end of the day, there's somebody else saving them, right. trying to save the world. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. So then it's uh, you have stories with like uh, big giant shrimps and then fighting zombies. Then we have another one with some other cameos and so. At the beginning, that was a real funny story because then at the beginning, my first title when I draw it on 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 English, I mean when I when I did the first title on English, Night Spike number one on the new version, on the English version, then I sit down for about a week with this sense of humor from Mexico still, right? This let's call it the Mexican sense of humor. Yeah, and then I sit there and I start writing everything. I was giggling myself, you know. Well, some of the creators might get related when you are sitting down there and then you're giggling about a joke. That you see is going to be funny. And then you're sitting down there, page one, this is going to be fantastic. This is going to be super awesome. Then page two, page three, then I pass it. So then I finish the book, put the letter in, everything. Jokes were perfect. I thought the jokes were perfect. So then what happened is that I finish everything, then I give it to my wife. I say, honey, here, look at this, this awesome, this is the new, think about this is the new next pack. It's going to be super awesome. So then my wife is from Cambridge, Ontario, born and raised over there. Is that how you got to Canada? Because you're, you, you met your wife or? Oh, well, that's, uh, that's another long, long story. Oh, okay. We'll get into that later. (laughs) Well, if you went and, um. So then she sits right here. Uh, she sits on the, on the, on the, on the couch and then she starts flipping through the book, right? Yeah. So then page number one, I know page number two is going to be a joke that is going to be cracking, right? Yeah. So then she passes through page number two. She nods. She looks. She flips through page number three, page number four, and there's nothing happening. I'm like, what is wrong? I say, honey, look, you know, the, right here is supposed to be funny because it's, oh, yeah, she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not that funny. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, this is the thing. When do you say things that they are on the uh, on a different it's a different way of treat the 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 way of sense of humor from Mexico that is in here. Right. When do you translate the the sense of humor from United States, Canada uh to the Spanish way sense of humor? It's different because we can adapt it that way. Right. But for me to learn that new way of tell jokes the other way around was a task. So then I see it, believe it or not, I see it for about three months, day and night, watching the comedy channel. Wow. And I put it over there, I'm like, mm-hmm. And then the joke was, but you know, the, the, the crowd is laughing like, oh, I'm sitting over there like, hmm, okay. Take a note. Okay. Next joke comes around. And then you get used to that new way of learning how to tell the joke now. Right, because your original jokes were only funny in Mexico. Exactly. Yeah. There's jokes that I cannot even tell here because they are like so, let's call it politically incorrect. Right. That they're, I mean, like when I see it right now, when I read some of the really old Nike Spikes that I see them like, oh my God, I, I if I try to put this joke right here, oh, I will be burned in like green wood. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah, so then it's uh, so I, it's just to relearn all the stuff, and it has been an amazing experience because then 
you learn how to create that, right? With that comes along the whole, what else I can do, right? This is not the only thing that I can do. And um, we start doing now different titles that goes now. Say like, okay, I have the superhero John Recover, mm-hmm. but then the first few shows that I showed up, then they say, hey, what else do you have? Well, that's it. I used to say, that's it. They're like, okay, well, we'll see you next time. So they're like, okay, well, there's so many guys that they still doing comics, but they don't get that. I knew everything about like the whole comic book production part, and uh, they knew it too. Uh, so then they just need that little pu- push, you know? There's uh, these different artists that they need that little push. Right. So then what I did is like, hey, you guys, you know what? Let's start printing through Studio Comics. Let's let's create a bigger community, a strong community of Can- the Canadian comic book creators to create that new brand. Like a network exactly. of people publishing. So, exactly. so you, then you become like a publishing company. Yeah. So then they, we started with Nice Spike. Then the next title that actually added to the studio comics collection was a superhero genre comic called al jack city okay. that it was originally produced on, on on mexico on spanish and then what i did is like okay now it's gonna be easy so then we grabbed the first uh, al jack cities we started to do the translation that was really cool then we take another science fiction comic that was called 2010, 2010, and it was strictly science fiction. So then, there we go again. We go to the show. Now we don't have one. We have three different books. And then people is like, oh, okay, I love it. But I like horror. Ah, now that's, that's what you need. That's what I'm going to give you. <laughs> <laughs> so we start growing and growing and growing to the point that I have, like I said, like about 12 different titles. That goes, again, from science fiction, monsters, we have superheroes, comedic superheroes, we have adventures, we have go-kart racing. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, yes, yes. So, like, the go-kart racing ones, sort of like uh, Motor Crash or those sorts of books like that. Yeah, I mean, the go-kart racing story, that was really, really funny because, well, that was, I actually have a collection here for that go-kart racing collection. It's called The Victory. Okay, cool. Right? So, what we did is, um, the story is really nice. It's, it's about, like, these um, teenagers type of um, uh, schooled uh, guys that they are trying to uh, win this uh, race uh, competition that goes all around Ontario. So, then you have uh, go-kart tracks in um, London, Kitchener. You have one on Toronto. You have one on Windsor. And these guys are friends all together but at the same time they're competitors right and then you have like a love triangle in it and it's kind of nice to see well it's kind of cool to see like how we develop uh the whole story to make sure that it fits a full story right this is a a five issue mini series uh kind of like the introduction where you learn more about the characters who's the greedy one who is the one who's going to be cheating at the end who it's a really nice story. And, and it's completed. I mean, we finally did it. I mean, we started back on uh, 2014. That's when we published number one. And then right now we are 2017. It just only took us two years. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. That. It's amazing. Like, there's people that struggle to do one comic. So to do 12 comics must be challenging. I mean, the printing costs alone must be must be a lot to, to keep it up and you know, juggle all the balls that you have going on in the air. How do you manage uh, 12 comics at once and like finding the funding to to do it? I would say one of the things that I really have to thank is my wife. My wife has given me a lot of support, like emotional support when I'm like 
ready to use to pull all my hair <laughs> to the point that it's like, okay, you can go to a show, go to an interview. I mean, I, I really thank her for, for that because she has been a big supporter. My family has been a great supporter on it. But how has to juggle? I mean, it's all time management. I mean, I, I learned a lot of time management. I, I don't want to praise that I'm the best doing that, but you have to really use your time wisely. When do you have time? When you are here for an interview, you have to use it 100% to make sure that it's the best. When you are at the convention, you have to make sure that you're 100% Engaging people, letting people know what is exactly what you do. When you are sitting down at the drawing table, you have to give your 100%. If you give your 50%, I always say it's kind of like like my wife and I say, it's kind of like karma. If you give 50, you get 50, right? Right. So if you give 100% to that, then you're going to get 100%, right? If you give 110, then you are on the go. So then when we work together, because most of the books have worked together, together with uh, writers and other artists, a colorist, a lyricist, a, uh, have amazing team, I have an amazing group of guys that also work together to um, put together every single one of the books, right? Are they all from Mexico? Or are they of Latino background? Or well, like- we, we have a lot of people from Mexico. I have like four guys from Mexico. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a guy from Niagara Falls. Uh, well, you might know uh, Vince Thompson from the comic that I'm actually producing from him. That is uh, Vinnie and Bot Comics. Yeah, yeah. So then he is part of the Studio Comics team. He's from the Falls. There is another couple guys from uh, um, uh, Windsor. Nice. I have a couple of guys from here from Toronto. Two guys from Europe that what? I actually work with for another different title. So and it, it's not only Mexico. We're really trying to build this large, big community of comics. But they have to be printed here in Canada. That's the main goal. Right, right. And you print books for other people as well that aren't affiliated with Studio Comics, right? Yes. So this is the, 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 the funny thing, right? This is, this is the, the really, well, not funny thing, but because at the end of the day, it is part of the business. Being at the show so often, you see people really trying to put together this book. I see it happening every show that I go. They go to a show, let's say Toronto Comic Con, right? And then you see this guy, you see the, 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 the hope on his eyes, right? And the sweat on his face that he's really trying to do that. And reminds me, back on 20 years ago, when I was looking for publishers, like, oh my God. Like, I, I know I have my pages right here. I have my idea. I have everything finished, but I don't know how to put it together. So at the beginning, I was um, uh, thinking, hey, what about if we publish a True Studio Comics? That would be really awesome just to have it through another title as True Studio Comics. But maybe you don't want to go through the uh, lines and rules and regulations that I need to have my book. You you want to have your own. You want yeah. to have your own table. What are the ru- What are the rules? There, there, there's a, just a set of things that I have. It's not a rule. It's more like um, kind of like a way for me to know exactly what is going to be the 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 budget that we can assign to each title. For example, one of the things that I always tell everybody is that you want to get produced or printed through Studio Comics. Your book has to be 16 pages. Okay. And most of the guys are like, oh, but my book is 40. Okay. Well, is there any way that you can trim it to 16? No, 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 because in page 16 happens this, they say, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Or they might not because it's a full story that is well, well tell in, in, in 40 pages. Right. The second one is that it has to be black and white. Okay. Well, 
no black and white. You can use like a half tones and everything. And the reason why is that when you use it, this is my take on that. My people that will say, oh, it's black and white, it's bored, right? But the take on that is like, and that's something that I learned from uh, from people that they've been doing black and white comics for the longest time. When you have your comic on black and white, it, it you get more interested in how you tell the story versus like how colorful the comic might be, right? right? So... It's a different take. I it also it, saves on printing costs if you're not printing every page course. in color, right? Exactly. That's another little thing, right? That you can actually save a little bit, and like a couple of cents over there printing on black and white versus to print it on color. And if you have it on color, uh, people, they open it and say like, wow, color is amazing, right? They take it home and it's like, oh, wow, color is amazing. But they don't say anything about the story. Right, right. right. And then when you take a black and white comic, then you say like, Wow, the story is really good. Right, that's something to talk about, right? Exactly. So, so it's kind of different thing. I mean, it's I don't say that I just found like the a perfect way to say or, or produce a comic, but it has been working for me. Has been working for the last twenty years. I have no complaints. The guys, the 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 slow, the this low or or short community. That well, not low. I have a really big community of followers on on my on my social media. Every single one of them, they're interactive followers that they like the page because they really went over there looking for studio comics and click like, right? Yeah. So this is really nice. So then that's the reason why that's kind of like the two two regulations that I have on it. I don't. Uh, promote any sexuality on my comics. I'm sorry, <laughs> right? I don't promote promote most of the times. I think one or twice it has been a, a really need to use swearing. I don't promote any racial stuff or any you know mm-hmm. that it gonna cause any some sort of like you know controversy. Yeah, yeah, controversy. I'm, yeah. I'm not up to controversy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, yeah, I have certain lines that I normally do follow. On that. Well, it's good because you can get the widest audience possible. Like yeah. it's fa- if it's family friendly, then kids can enjoy it. Exactly. Grandmother can enjoy it. Adult can enjoy it as well. Oh yeah, yeah. And I have a lot of those guys. They come around and say like, I buy the books for my for my kid, the Nike Spikes, but. When are you going to print the next one? <laughs> so the parts that are asking, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So then, so people who, you know, maybe they don't want to be published under Studio Comics, but you will still facilitate the printing exactly. for them. Yeah, exactly. So then I saw, I saw them struggling. Then what's going to happen is that they come to me. Uh, they might have the, f- the pages finished. They might have the knowledge to do it. They might not, uh, like I mentioned it. So what happens is... Um, they say, they used to send me the files. I used to run it through, through the 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 press that I was working uh, at the added. Well, not the press that I was working, the press that I was printing my books at the same time. Then what happens is that I learn that doing that, they put the cost of the book too high, right? So then let's say I I knew it right off the bat that uh, when I print my first Nike Spike, I think uh, the cost was super high, and then I was trying to sell it even higher, right? For six, seven bucks. Right. And then people, they weren't buying. and said like, okay, it's nice, it's great, but I'm not going to pay $7 for a comic. Yeah. Especially if it's an independent, and that goes too for the comic book shops. Because you go to a comic, I mean, you have your comic printed, you might not do too well at the convention. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you bring your comics and like, hey, where where else I can say my sell my comic? Of course, the comic book shop. You go to the comic book shop, then you hit that wall where maybe the comic book show, shop owner that says like, yeah, you know what? I'm not into independence because they print one, they never print another one. I don't know if it's gonna sell. People they don't know about your your comic and it's hard to market it at a comic book shop, especially if you are competing through like all these DC, Marvel, and so on. Yeah, image everybody. And then in top of that, your comic is seven dollars versus a Marvel comic that is three dollars. Yeah, three ninety nine. There yeah. you go. So I'm I'm not how much I'm gonna get in a cut. How much is my commission, right? Right. Oh, I'm gonna give you twenty cents mm. for twenty cents commission. You want me to put your comic right at the shelf where it says "local artist"? It's not gonna work. That I heard that a thousand million times. Not only here, though. I heard it in Mexico too. I heard yeah. it to every place that I that I used to go. It's like, yeah, done. So then, going back to 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 the main question, yes, I helped them produce the comic. I helped them trying to you know put it out on the market, and I sometimes I even bring some of those comics to the shows that I attend. I put it on my booth, but I don't want to say I I want to say that it's like the, the the big news, the big reveal of uh, something that is going to happen really really soon. Uh, we're going to be setting up shop soon. So that's uh, that's a big reveal. So you're gonna be you're gonna have like a, your own retail yes. store. Yes, only independent comic books. That's gonna be the only thing that we are gonna be selling at that sh- comic book related, of course. Wow. So it's gonna be only independent comic books, only the titles that 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 they are created, funded uh, through independent ways. That's it. Wow, so so you have like an actual store, like an actual location yes. that yes. you bought that people can go to, yes. and you'll be like the comic shop owner guy, yes. but but only independent comics. All independent comics. And on top of that thing, we're going to be doing printing, right? So then I, I, along the time, I learned that it's better to have your very own equipment to print, so then I have my own equipment to print uh, comic books, and it's a commercial printer that I have. So right now, the commercial printer, do you have to go to them every time? Or is it Not in anymore. your house or what? No, no, no. I have it on a, a location. It's a closed location. Unfortunately, I don't. I cannot have people walking into, hey, here is a printer. This is what we do. Yeah. Yet. But soon we will have that set. So then people can come to the location, buy comic books. If you're a comic book creator, mm-hmm. you can even go over there for a session of three, four hours, and then we sit through the whole process of creating your comic. And then you will have it ready and go for the next convention the next weekend, right? That's awesome. So then that we're going to have a, a, a retail, per se. Uh, we're going to have the production of the comic book and uh, the printing of the comic book there. Cool. So when you approached other comic shops before and you said, you know, they didn't want to carry it because it was $7 and it's hard to promote all that stuff. Did you ever find like the sweet spot, like the price at which they are willing to take it? Like, how did you adjust when you got rejected a lot by by comic shops and stuff? The, The main thing that the comic book shop owner will buy, because at the end of the day, we have to think, and this is what I work with so you have to think a little bit as a comic book shop i think where you say okay what this product is really gonna give me if i'm gonna put it on the shelf i mean it's gonna take away some of my retail space Mm -hmm. where i can put a spider-man that i know for sure is gonna sell right 
And I'm going to put this other comic book called The Night Spike of a guy that I don't even know what he's doing. Yeah. Right. I don't, this is the first time that I see him walking through this door. So do I really want to do that? What is the benefits that I'm going to get? So then along with that, I talk to a lot of comic book shops and they say like, Hey, you know, I do, do I do these many shows. I'm uh, involved with these so many people. We have a list of upcoming shows and this is the way that we kind of like go with them. Uh, we have, I've been lucky enough to have about throughout the whole story of the, the, the studio comics brand as of right now. I have about like, uh, I would say like about 40 or 50 different sponsors that we work together some sort of a deal. So then they get announced in the comic book in the back cover. So there's ads yes. from your sponsors. I just have in the one page, hub. one page of ads. That's it. And, but I used to have always people to say like, Hey, I really want to come together and work like some sort of like sponsorship or partnership that we can work some sort of deal. Perfect. I mean, who do you say no? And some of them has been stores. One of the stores that I will say that has been a great supporter of independent comic books, or at least to the brand, to the Studio Comics brand, and it's based on Cambridge, Ontario. It's uh, called um, Retro Rocket Comics. He has he has been a great supporter to me since day one. Wow. And uh, I, I cannot thank him enough also, right? So Chris is a great guy. He's helping me with so many stuff. Uh, he's he's a good friend of mine. So it, it, it's, it's just great to know that they still exist. I don't want to say that's the only one. And I don't want to say that all the comic book stores, they don't offer that support. Okay. Right. I just want to point that out that to me, Chris has been really good. He has been a great supporter of the, the, the Studio Comics brand. I have at least right now then i'm also really lucky to say that i have a list that i've been working with so many comic book stores around the the, the gta i've been working with chapters when we launched the graphic novel so wow. we did launch two graphic novels that work with chapters and that was a, another really amazing uh, experience with them so yeah i mean like not all, all the retailers not all the comic book stores are bad there's you know one or two yeah. <laughs> special ones. Yeah. But yeah, right here in Toronto, you have a, a great uh, a, a line of comic book stores that they support indies, right? Yeah, very, very good, great. The community is amazing They're in great. Toronto. Yeah, yeah, For sure. So you're different than all the other independent comic book creators that I've interviewed because you have your own business and you're doing all these different things. And people, you know, when they are being interviewed by me and I, you know, and they're trying to like fund stuff through Kickstarter, you know, they're lucky if they can just do one comic, (laughs) you know, let alone have like a print shop and have like a retail store and all this sort of stuff. So I want to know, like, how did you learn how to do this you obviously have some sort of business acumen that like that these other uh you know independent creators don't really have you've managed to make a successful business over 20 years with independent comics so what what are the economics of it? Because a lot of the people that I interview, you know, they they struggle just making their table costs at the shows, let alone like having their own retail uh, outlet and and that sort of thing. It comes back into the goals, right? And and that's something that I I, I kind of like explain every time where where I go, right? Um, four years ago or five. I did have this great idea. It says like, hey, you know what? I have so many comic book shops at a time that they are taking studio comics books. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
and they are putting it on the shelves because they see that I'm keep printing constantly, that the brand still the at the point, the, at the moment, was growing so awesome. And you're visible at shows. You exactly. go to shows every day, so people get to know you. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then the guy said, like, okay, fine, I take your books. Fine, I take your books. So then they, they start taking the books, putting it on the shelf. So then I say, okay, I have a person who is already making a trip to that comic book shop, and it's putting together the Studio Comics books. Hmm. What if I included every month, not only my books, but somebody else's books? Let's grab another author from my convention. Let's grab three, four of them. Let's take the books. And I tell them about the the, the whole concept. You know what? We are going to be doing the distribution of the books. Nice. Because I'm already doing the distribution of my books. Right, right. So might as well just throw in a few of the other creators. Right. So and they pay you to distribute the books. I was I was trying to kind of like running like a test kind of thing. Okay. So exactly to see how exactly the market is gonna work, how the stores are gonna take it, what's the creator's expectations and so on. So and that I learned my lesson, right? Because then I grabbed like four different artists, four different guys. I used pick core. Mm-hmm. I don't pick more. I pick four or five. And every single one with a different format, that was a goal that I wanted. Every single one, one is supposed to be tabloid, the, the bigger books. The other one, smaller book. Uh, the next book was a comic book, uh, black and white and color one. And I said, like, okay, we have four different ones to no experiment. So then I told them the, the deals. You know, what, what's going to happen is that I'm going to take your books. We're going to put in the comic book store. For a, a period of time, the same that I have it with some of the stores that is about like 30 days. Mm-hmm. And if that comic doesn't sell, we take them out of the shelf and we will bring it to another store, right? Okay. So it's going to be about like 60 days in two different stores. We'll see how it happens. Okay. Right? So now that that was my first approach. Some of them, they say, yeah, 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 I like the idea. Oh, no, I need to talk to my team. Some other ones, they say, oh, no, that, uh, how much you want? Say so like, well... How much is your cost? Think of, I told them how much is your cost. And depending on the production cost, then make sure you make like a little bit of, of the books, like a, a little bit of money for of the books. And then you give me some money. I'm not going to charge you a lot. I'm going to charge you, let's say, I don't remember how much it was a dollar or two. And the rest is going to be entirely for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't forget that I have to split still that dollar with the comic book shop because the comic book shop is going to say what is in for me. Right. So then I'm making 50 cents per se. Right. Right. And it's just to give you an example of the whole thing. I don't remember exactly the numbers, but that was something along the lines. Yeah. So yes, they happened the first week after the convention, because everything that I contact, everybody was on a convention mm-hmm. where you have everybody there. Yeah. So I take the books Tuesday, phone rings hey buddy hey how's it going there was this one of the guys that i pick up mm-hmm. hey um how many books you have sold do this tuesday right so just give me a few days yeah. <laughs> let me let me bring it to the store first right yeah. so then oh, okay 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 well we'll see you bye right so a week goes by two weeks goes by books are on the on the shelf then I have another uh, comic book creator calling me like, hey, um, do you have any books with you right now? Because I, I have a I have a, a guy who wants to buy one of my books and I need one copy. Like, but the books are on the store right now. 
Yeah. Right. So then I, I, oh, okay. Let me see if I can get. So then you start getting into this gray area of, and the wait, 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 I have a bigger, better one. So then a month went by. Okay. And then I have to move some books to that store to move it to a different store. And I have another of the guys, one of the other guys, like, hey, um, it's a month already. And I want to see how many books you have sold. I'm like, to start off, I'm not selling the books. Right. That's something that they did at that, at that point wasn't like uh, clear. Right. They thought that I was going to the comic book shops and say like, hey, buddy, look at this. This is an amazing comic book done by an amazing comic book creator. And it's not me, but you are. I'm going to sell you 40 of these copies. No, I was doing the distribution. Right. I wasn't doing the sales. Right? right. So then these guys were like, OK, so how many comics are you, have you sold? Like, no, I'm not selling the comics. You are distributing the comics. So then say like, oh, OK, yeah, because I need some money to print the next one. So like, OK, yeah. At that point, when I see, when I learn that expectations of every single comic book creator are different, yeah, right. right. So then now, uh, this is where it goes. Answering your question, and sorry okay. for this. No big, problem. No, I, I need the background. Yeah. So then, this is the thing. Every single comic book creator have a different expectation of what success might look like. Okay. You have these guys that it might be the very first time. And I see that happening quite a lot. Where is the very first show that they showed up? They are finally set up. They might spend money a lot, they might not. But maybe their success, their success story or their, their hit of success is to be sitting down at a comic book that they sit on that table with their badge, with their name mm. written on it and come out with a story that says on a Facebook photo or an Instagram photo that says, I'm at a convention. A comic book convention that for them that was a success story, right? That's successful for them. You might have another group of guys that they put together a thousand books, and their success story it will be to sell only two to have two readers, right? That will create success. That successful story. There might be another guy that say like, "Well, I want to sell all of them." Yeah. Or you might have another guy that that says like. As long as one person walks out of my table with a happy smile, then I'm good. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so every single one have a different expectation when it comes into the art business. Mm -hmm. And I cannot meet all of them. I can only meet whatever I have under my brand. Right. So then instead of making sure that every single one falls within my stuff, then what if better help them to, you know, have that success story? Right. And the way to do that success story is to, what do you need? That I, I often ask them, right? Yeah. When, when they come to me and say, like, I need something to get printed, what do you need? When do you need it for? What type of show? How many copies? Okay. And most of them, they listen to a few things that I say. Most of them, they don't. They just want to do their stuff, right? right. And, and they say, like, this is what I need. Okay, this is what you need. This is what I'm going to give you, right? What exactly what you're asking for. Right. But that is the, the, the goal, that every single uh, artist have a, a different way of uh, looking at success. In my end, I have to manage that. I, I don't consider myself like I'm on, on, on the top of the hill. I think that I have work a lot. I mean, that's my motto, that I do work. Yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't matter. When you go to a comic book show, you have to promote your brand. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go to a show... You have to like uh, enjoy the show, right? Again, going back to 100%, you give your 100% of what you want, right? 
Did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so then by doing that, you were able to put together more profit, more stuff to do these other projects that you were doing? It ever trickles down, right? I right. do. I, I, I have read a lot of business on uh, uh, creating business and especially on, on, on my uh, people management. Yeah. Right. Because that's the most important thing. Um, you cannot have a successful business if you don't have a strong team. Right. And I'm really fortunate that I have a strong team and, uh, Guys that they work with me, they know exactly what they're getting into. They know what they want. And, uh, of course, we have a few, you know, of those, like, sour apples that they say, like, no, you know what, I don't want to do this. Well, fine, that's okay. I mean, you, you're more than welcome to leave any time. But I have a really strong team of people that they were working with me. And that is helping. That is the key, right? If you don't have a, a strong team, I'm like you say, yes, I might be a, a one-man band. I know. And, and it's and it's hard sometimes, but you need to have time management. Number one, time management. Right. Right. I know there's so many series that I want to watch. There's so many movies that I have missed. Actually, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Train Spotting. It's my movie. That's Danny Boyle. Train Spotting. That's top number one of the in my list. That's okay. It. I know it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. You know that recently was released Train Spotting too. Yeah. I missed it. Oh, I missed it from the, and I knew that it's gonna last there two weeks or three because people they're not really engaged to that type of uh, move. It's, it's any boy, yeah. right? So I um, I missed it, yeah. but uh, I was working. I mean, like, yeah, and yeah. You gotta sacrifice your own time, bit. just a little bit, right? I mean, like, yeah. What do you want to do? Transporting or finish the next book? I uh, okay. Well, I guess I watch it on DVD. <laughs> exactly. And there's movies. Believe it or not, there's movies that I have. On DVDs, like still in the wrapper, yeah. And I haven't watched it because I didn't have any time. I mean, when I have time, you know, before you go to sleep, you watch, you know, five minutes of whatever is on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Wow. So you just have a really good work ethic, and you set up a really good system so that you have money flowing in yes. from sponsors, from comic shops that you distribute your books yes, to, yes, yes. that sort of thing. So then you can you invest that money into the other aspect exactly. of your business, right? Exactly. So then everything, it's just like a domino effect, right? That you can work a little bit to make sure that the outcome of your project it goes exactly the way it goes main thing i mean i i do have a in my personal life i have background on the, i did graphic design i did a, a few uh i did a, a little bit of intro on different uh, areas that they have helped me along the way but one of the things guys comic book creators friends I, I know i know guys that they do that really really well time management yeah. that's it whenever it's time to go to bed that's time to go to bed right right, right exactly. <laughs> you cannot function if you you're not well rested right i mean sometimes i have to work all the night but you have to have your meals you have to work you have to and i mean me being a father too yeah, <laughs> and you have to you have to nurture your relationships exactly. with your kids and exactly. your wife and things like that. Yes, yes. So, I mean, I struggle with the balance, right? Yes. Trying to find find the balance between work and play and, you know, that sort of thing. So, so it, it is fine. I mean, it just it just matter for you to really do 
love what you do, right? Yeah. And and if you do, everything is going to be an, a nice outcome. And, and and if you don't, or maybe you have your expectations set too high, then you will see people like the, I see it happening too, that you go to a show mm -hmm. and then you go to talk to somebody like, hey, what's up? How's it going? You're having a nice weekend. And they're like, no. Yeah. But why? They say, well, I haven't sell anything. Well, what's your expectation set to? How long you've been working on this? Like, what are you doing to engage that person? Right. If you're sitting over there with a big smile, it might not be the right technique. I mean, if, if you do one show and you don't have a good outcome and then you do a second show, you have that good outcome. I don't think that the crowd is the problem. Right, right. <laughs> right. So for you, what is your technique of attracting customers to your book? One of the other things is uh, the, the, that I do, and um, probably people at the shows, that's probably what they, they kind of like they know me for, but I'm engaging people all the time. I really want to talk to them, right? Mm -hmm. Think about this, and, and it's something that I talk to, to everybody. So like those guys, the guys at, the, at, at a convention, a person who goes and visit a convention, yeah, like you guys, right? So you go over there, you already pay for a fee to get in. Mm-hmm. You are already paying that extra money to, to get into the convention, to walk around and all the stuff. And then to go to a table and then have right off the bat someone trying to push you to a product, then it's kind of like, oh, right? So yeah. you just want to walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this case, when what do you like? I mean, let's chat a little bit. Do you want to chat? No. I mean, yeah, you want to chat at the same time. This is what I do. Yeah, I do comics. This is the main chance you have a chance to talk directly to the to the people that are, we are creating the comics, and it's not only me; it's a bunch of guys. Right. And again, I don't say that I have the best technique ever, right? Because yeah. people then I see people that too. People that they go to some shows, they see me and they just work work around and go away yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, they're yeah. like, "Oh, this guy is going to talk to me again." Well, if you, I mean. If you don't want to talk, I'm fine too. Yeah. yeah. Right? One of the things that I've been doing recently is I've been giving away a bunch of Cerebus comics, free Cerebus comics. Wow. So then I've uh, been giving away, I have given away about like maybe 20,000, 30,000 of them mm -hmm. throughout the, the year. Uh, probably more, like 50. But every time that somebody comes around my table, say like, hey, do you want a free comic? Do you want a free comic? And, and, they and take then that brings them in. Well, they, they, right away, they, they opens that conversational way, right? right? So then they say, like, hey, what is this comic all about? And then we kind of, like, kind of, we can kind of chat, right? That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were mentioning off-air that you're working with Dave Sim a little bit on uh, service. Uh, we, I'm, I'm helping him to bring along some uh, extra services that he needs. Okay. I'm working with uh, the team of some other projects that I have. Um, uh, all of them were really good guys. The, all the guys from, from, from there. Uh, he's really good. I mean, like, we, we can talk about uh, Sim, right? He's the comic book uh, independent comic book legend and to be honest uh, that's a, a guy that I that I look up to when because I remember back in the day when there was Mexico and Mexico there was a convention called a conque right and there was a guy we're looking about what 1996 we're looking at a guy uh, that uh, they come from the states because back on that day coming from comic books in English in span in in Mexico was like a wow thing. You have an English comic book, original, wow. right? From the, wow, right? It was so epic. Yeah. And uh, this guy came from the states with those long boxes, 
and set up a table at this convention. And he was selling those books at like whatever value of one American dollar was on, on Mexican pesos, 10, 10 pesos or something like yeah. that at a time. So he was selling all those comics. Oh my God. So amazing. So then everybody was trying to grab at least one, whatever it was. So then I went into the box. I look, 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 look. And then I grab a service along the, all, the other titles, right? Like all their titles. Right. Then I take it home and then it's this garbage, garbage, garbage. And then it finally came to my service comic. I really love it. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So then since then I tried to get into more Cerebus style, hard to get in Mexico. Then you finally get this internet opening. You see more about like the character you get into read a little bit here and there. You get Amazon going on where you can buy stuff online. Right. And then eBay where you can buy things. And so then you start getting one here, one there, maybe one. And then I start getting my collection of Cerebus. And, and then nowadays, then I, I get the chance to chat the, 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 the odd time with him. You guys live in the same city. You live yes, in Kitchener. Yes, yes. He's, He's from Kitchener. You're from Kitchener. Yes, yes. How did you get involved with his, with Ardvark Vanheim and working on the Cerebus property? Okay. With working with him, like I said, I helped him bring him up to, um, uh, some of the projects to life. For instance, all the, um, Cerebus archives, those big portfolios that he's doing, this that, that includes the ten, the first ten pages of every archive that he has per, like let's say, Melmoth or Guys or Jacka story. He has an archive with all the pages. The first ten pages, he's putting it together on a big file. Okay. So I'm taking care of the production of that. Oh, okay, cool. Thing. So now through I do, the people that he works with. Well, pretty much, I'm his printer per oh, se. Okay. So I, I one of the things that I'm not printing for him is the Cerebus in Hell with a question mark, but the rest of the stuff I'm taking care of. There. Nice, cool. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I wanted to yeah, know. Yeah. For you, like, I want to get into like how you got into comics. Like, how did you? get exposed to comics in Mexico. What are comics like in, in Mexico when you're a kid? Like, how did you get involved? When I was a kid, oh my God, the first comic, I still, I still have it. This is more little, like, um, a digest, uh, uh, digest writers comics size. Digest. Digest. Yeah. That's the digest, right? So the digest, well, we call it in Mexico, the reader's digest. Yeah. <laughs> because it was the same side as the reader digest, right? So, um, that little comic with a compact story between Bugs Bunny that was at Mexico is called La Pequeña Lulu, but in here it's called uh, uh, those characters from Bell, uh, Bell features. Like oh, all yeah, those yeah, like, like Popeye, Popeye and yeah, yeah. Betty Boop and Thank like you. the syndicated the syndica strips. Exactly, yeah. all the syndicated strips. All those guys, they, they were uh, including a small little strip over there with little, oh my God, I love it so much. I read it, I read it, I read it. I was what, like seven or eight at a time? And I love it. So then I, of course, like a little kid, tried to emulate from the books to the drawings and start doing this stuff. And then time goes around and um, there was a big boom when the whole um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, uh, on the cartoons were out in there. Yeah, I was a huge Ninja Turtles fan. It was yeah. big when I, it was like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. 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 So then I, I used to draw my own little things and stuff. And, and comics were popular over there. I used to collect like the odd Spider-Man because Spider-Man uh, license in Mexico has been moved from different companies that has printed or published Spider-Man. Same thing with the X-Men. Same thing with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that... Uh, maybe I, I will be working with one of the, the guys that they were drawing 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in Mexico. That's another story. That's, right. that's for another podcast. Wow. That's, that's, that's a great crazy. story. So, big license over there. Everybody was collecting. But the big boom on comics in Mexico, I think the, it was when Superman died. Oh, okay. Right? So, then Superman died. At that time, I was already doing my comics. I was already drawing my own stuff. Nike Spike was not that far to be born. Was there, you know. And you were inspired just by your childhood fandom? Like, I want yes. to get into this professionally oh, yeah, because yeah, I yeah. love it so much? Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to draw. I want to draw. I always say, I want to draw. Yeah. And then when I finally find that I, that I, you can do comics. But at the time, you know, like, it's Mexico, though. It's, they, they, they don't really want to build. They don't really believe in you when you mm. say, I want to do comics. Like, yeah, dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> comics for living in Mexico. Like, uh, most of the comics in Mexico, the thing is, like, Mexico has that famous thing that they have all this, even smaller than digest comics, that they are the... the Kind of like dirty comics. Yeah, like a chapbook or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small little yeah. comics. And these ones are like stories about like uh, workers and uh, people that they work on construction and stuff that in Mexico, they are kind of like not... Well, now, now they sit more better, but you know, like taxi drivers or bus drivers that they're always like with the hat on the side, a little, you know, bad looking shape. And they're always uh, talking double sense. And then you have like in the stories like these chicks with like, you know, all voluptuous and they are all about like that dirty you know approach into the the, the thing so then when you say you want to do comics uh, in mexico automatically everybody relates that that you're going to be drawing those types uh, of oh little, man yeah i think they used to call them like tijuana bibles tijuana bibles <laughs> yeah, like i hear weird. about that so-called pulps yeah right? yeah, 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 yeah so-called little mexican pulps right so yeah. it's uh and i have a bunch in there because now this is like oh my god this is like the story of mexico says that this is part of like the cultural movement and, and it's okay i mean yeah but but back on the day we were like hidden on the corner because if you say that you're going to draw comics that's what you're going to end yeah yeah right that's what everybody says it's bad reputation yeah yeah so then actually there's so many guys so many guys that nowadays once they say yeah i used to draw those ones that they used to use you know a a nickname yeah to to go and to do that so yeah because they didn't want to like you know tell people that that's what they do so they have a pen name like even stan lee that's right was ashamed that he did comics at first yeah yeah, and he wanted to write his own great american novel so that's how he came up with the stan lee pen name right but when superman died everything changed yeah right because then now comic books were kind of like, oh, people were reading comics. Oh, Superman died. That This is big. Mm-hmm. So then you see a lot of people now going out like, yeah, I, I do comics too. It's a superhero and it's going to die too. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. so you have all these guys that they now try to, you know, start creating. In the, they call it in Mexico that they're creating industry. They're creating something uh, in there. And then everything starts there. Then there was a first comic book convention in Mexico. Yeah. So it was huge. Of course. And that was in like the mid 90s? I think that was 91, 92. I don't remember. Uh, okay. it was lo- <laughs> that was a long time ago now. 92, 91. I, 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 will, I will not remember. Okay. I'll have some photos because I was there. Nice. Uh, it was huge, super crowded. Then the second year, the second edition of this show, they actually had Stanley. Wow. On, I was second or third. I went along, but Stanley was in Mexico. 
That's amazing. So then I actually have a few comics signed by Stanley yeah. when he was there wow. in Mexico. And like you walk over there and say, hey, Mr. Stan, you know, there wasn't not that big security thing. Like, please do not engage Mr. Lee. Don't <laughs> yeah. touch him when you go to photo off, right? <laughs> yeah. Because he's now like, I mean, he's old and then he's, uh, you know, he has his age and stuff. Yeah. But please do not engage him. Do not touch him. Do not smile him. Just walk and then, you know, like a, like a slide. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that's it. I get to meet Stanley, right? Yeah. Back in the day, I used, like, when I was there, he actually, like, um, they talked to him, right? Like, hey, how's it going? Shaking his hand. Yeah. Talking to him a little bit. And then next, right? Right. Different. That's different. But yeah, Stanley, Adam West. Wow. Yeah, he was there. That's uh, that's cool. Yeah. So you get inspired by all this. How did you originally come to Canada? Why why did you come to Canada? Uh, when uh, my wife and I got married, um, we were deciding to move to Mexico. I mean, uh, Mexico has some beautiful places to live. Though. Did you meet her in Canada or did you meet her in I met Mexico? A, I, I met her through a friend of mine. Okay. I met her through a friend of mine. So then she's like, oh, you should like get to meet my friend. And then, it's, like I said, it's a long story. <laughs> how, how did I end up here in, on, on Canada? It's a, um, my wife and I, at a time when the, we were recently, the, the, when we were engaged, actually, we're talking about like, hey, you know what? I have a place to live in Mexico. Maybe we can move there. Maybe we can find something there and uh, start a life there in Mexico, right? Um, right. Then she uh, she said, well, what about here, right? So like, well, it's here, there. I mean, it's kind of like what we what we should do. What is the right place to start? Because right. for me. I, I have a life built over there. And you were doing comics at that time. Yes, yeah. You were doing Night Spike and yes, all those yes, stuff, yes. stuff I, down there. I, I was doing comics too. I was doing comics, but remember, yeah. I was doing comics and having a, my full-time job over there. Because right. What were you doing full-time? I was uh, working for a company called Expedia. Oh, I know Expedia. The, the travel <laughs> website. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Cool. Were you like travel agent? I was uh, involved with Expedia on the travel industry over there for quite some time. Nice. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was working with them. That's awesome. So, so you're trying to decide Canada or Mexico. Mexico. Where do we go? How do you settle on Canada? Finally, we'll settle on Canada because I I look at okay. What is the advancing opportunities that you might have in Mexico, right? Um, I'm really proud of being Mexican. Like I said before, I'm really proud of being Mexican. I love it. It's uh, really cool. And um, I see well, what is the advancing, what, it, what it will be my future here on 10 years. Right. And then what it will be my future on 10 years in Canada. And then... I mean, if I'm here, I think that the outcome is, I guess, that it will be better. Well, and for, especially with comics, because, yes. I yes. mean, the, the industry is a little bit stronger. It's a little bit stronger. You can go a little bit further. You can get noticed because, you know, comics are mostly American. So if you're close to America, yeah. you're yeah. it's it's more opportunity for you. Yeah, I, I, I totally say, like, uh, we, we settle here in Canada. I mean, there's um, life is much better. Nice. I will say like that. Life is much better. Life how, is quieter, especially in Cambridge. Yeah. How, <laughs> Cambridge how did you Kitchener. How did you pick Ontario? Because she's from I mean, here. She's right? from Cambridge. She's originally from Cambridge. Yeah. I mean, uh, she's originally from Cambridge. We live on on Kitchener. That is kind of like 
five minutes away. Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend is actually from Kitchener, oh, so there you go. I go there a, a lot. lot. Okay, well, like yeah. almost every weekend, we're well, going. Go. We're going to Kitchener, so uh, and it's nice. Yeah. It's, it, the Kitchener is nice. I mean, like I, I didn't know at a time. Yeah. Well, I knew it, but I didn't kind of like click it until later. That destiny take me back to one of the towns that they have the oldest bookshops at a time because I get the chance to walk into now and then comics. Yeah, remember now that and then. Yes, is the like it's like the original comic yes, shop. Yes, the very first or the oldest at a time original comic book slash bookshop. In Canada. In Canada. Wow. I think in Canada or in America, so something along the lines. And then the same town that Dave Sim lives. And yeah. I, like, and you find out because you're reading it in Mexico and you're yeah. like, Dave Sim lives yeah, here? But, but you know what? That was, that was like a year or two years later that I kind of like click. Yeah. Because at, at that time, I was kind of like settling my life there, right? My new life. Because that's one of the other things that most of the people, they might don't know. But... I um, I have my wife. I have my 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 uh, my daughter. Like mm. where the travels, but and um, but I'm by myself. I have no other family related, directly family members related here in Canada. I'm, wow, I'm the so only one. <laughs> it's just your immediate family, and everybody else is back in Mexico. All the my immediate family, my parents, uh, the, the, all the my sis, like all the rest of my family, they're not here. They're still in Mexico. Wow. So then I'm here by myself, right? So then for me, that was a huge space for me to adapt this new life and you did you speak you spoke english and oh, yeah, that yeah, sort of stuff so yeah, you yeah. already had that i had the language the accent i always had <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so was it hard to because you had already started studio comics and like doing comics in mexico was it hard to take the business from mexico and translate it to canada like you mentioned how yeah the spanish and that yeah. sort of thing but putting the studio comics brand from mexico to canada must have been very challenging it was a do-over, man. Mm. It was a start from zero because in Mexico, yes, you have a little bit of following. You have your following. You have your people that they seize you and gross you. And and over there, like I say, it was 10, 12 years that I was doing comics in Mexico. And then I come here to my talking about expectations and how you get discouraged and stuff. I go to my first show and then he's like, yes, back on business. <laughs> right. And then I go to my table and he's like, hey, have you heard of my comic? No, never. Yeah. Oh, but but yeah, it's uh, kind of, no. Mm -mm. Yeah. Uh-oh. Then I, I realized, hey, like, okay, this is kind of like the very fresh start of everything. So I gotta start strong. I need to like really push through this because then 10, 20 years ago, when I moved here, nobody knew about me. Wow. I was one of those guys, right? I was one of the, the bunch. I was, mm. I was one in, in, in the, the group, in the whole artist alley. But you have something that they don't necessarily have. You have, you have vision. You have, you're like, okay, I'm publishing a comic. I'm doing a comic. What else can I do? Yes. You know? Yes. And you have that work ethic, the time management, that sort of thing. And that, to me, sort of separates you from, from the other people that are, that are, you know, in Artist Alley so that yeah. you can distinguish yourself. Where do you get this vision from, this work ethic? Is it from your family? Because not everybody has that. Not everybody has that innate ability to go, what else can I do? Not just comics. I want to be printer i want to have my own retail store you know most people are like i i just want the comic yeah. and they don't really think of it other ways to generate income or yes. make money where do you get that vision from 
it's it's just matter to put the time to, like where I get that vision. I will tell you when you look at yourself mm -hmm. starting off in a place where you have nothing else to attend but your family, and that's it. Yeah. Then that that's it. I mean, I'm here. I'm I'm here for like I, I, like I'm here in Canada because of my family. Right. Because my wife, my daughter. I'm really proud to be here. Now I've been. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a Canadian finally. I'm, I have my citizenship. Well, congratulations for, for it. And I have it for like quite some time now. Uh, I've been here. So then, what what do you really want to do? I really want to feel at the end of the day that I'm proud and. My country now, Canada, feels proud of what I'm doing. That's right? awesome. And that's kind of like the line, right? So then I want my immediate family here on Canada and my immediate family here in Mexico to feel proud of what I'm doing. And if that means to give that 100% on anything that I'm doing, then what else do I have to do? Did your like f family, like your mother and father, have this sort of drive? They, Where do you get the have, drive from? They, my, my 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 parents they they are business owners. Yeah, they're business owners in their own. They I teach work, you how yes, to. Yes, I mean every everything every goes from there, right? So right. then you have to be, you know, you need to to do this. Um, and then it's stuff that you learn along the way. I've, I've been doing like in my life. I I've been working in so many places before. Like like I said, right? I'm not gonna say brands, but I will say like I worked for the travel industry before. Yeah. I worked for the business industry before. I worked for the government before. Right. I have worked for my own before. I uh, I own. Or I help owning a, a bar in Mexico wow. before. Awesome. I know about the nightlife. Uh, I work for the government, like I said. I have, back in the day, I used to have like a model school. Like, you know, like models to, you know, like <clears throat> girls with like uh, modeling clothes and like business models. You ran like a modeling agency? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So then that was back in Mexico that I, at the same time that I was running this stuff, I you learn a little bit of this, you learn a little bit of that, you put it together, and then you learn a little bit of that. And then here in Canada, like I said, I work for the business industry. I did call center before. Wow. <laughs> I did that before. I uh, work for the print industry. I've been working for the print industry before quite some time, nice. too. So then everything... A little of, bit. You just absorb it. And that, I guess, that is what it makes me, me. That's right? awesome. So I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy for the person that I'm become as right. of today. I'm, I'm, I, I think that I feel comfortable for what I have done. Do I have done everything that I think that I came here to do? No, yet. Well, one of the things you said that you're doing is you're putting together a subscription box, right? Like a Canadian geek subscription box. And that was, it is a great idea. I've been. Drafting this Canadian subscription box for about three years now, when even before the whole boom of the Canadian, say like, what if you have a box and then you put stuff in it and then people, they don't know what exactly they're going to get, but they're supposed to get something cool. Now the whole boom of the uh, subscription boxes. Yeah, went, because boom. Nerdblock, it's Canadian yeah. and that's like the big one here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it went crazy. They went super viral. Everybody's like, oh. And it, you know what? I think that that has been the only mistake that I have done. That when I see something that's already happening, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no. I should move to a different project or trickle it down. But at that point, it wasn't Canadian, okay? It was just a box full of goodies, right? right? And 
then later on, then I started involved and said, like, okay, well, there's growing. I mean, there is in the last two or three years, you, and you can tell me the truth, you've seen so many new Canadian comic book artists. Yes, so the many. Two, three years. Now these, these things start picking up here. Mm-hmm. And I like it, yeah, right. Because then we're more, right? Yeah. We're we're building an army here, and, and it's ha- at all levels: independent, uh, working for DC yes, and Marvel, yes, all yes. levels. Yes, Canadian yes, yes. people. Yes, I, I I love all of them. I love even more the guys that are working independent. Why? Because they are doing their own stuff from scratch, right? You have guys like uh, A. Shea Han, great guy, right? A yeah. great artist. Uh, you have Shane and, um, and and Ricky Lima. Yeah, Shane here on Ricky Lima. Those guys are amazing, right? Amazing. So, and I remember Shane, Ricky Lima, like five years. They, they actually saw me at my first show. Yeah, wow. I, yeah, like, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have guys like um, Toronto Joker, right? That he's doing a uh, cosplay and he's doing. Yeah, yeah. His whole thing is like he has comics but he yes. also dresses up as like the Heath Ledger yeah, Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stephen oh. Lynn and, and Sam Noir yeah. doing the Skeleton AP. And of course, Sam doing that, the different various projects on it. Uh, you have, um, uh, you already mentioned A.J. Han, uh, who's doing Gladiosaurus. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. That's amazing. Uh, you have uh, being stumped. You see this growth of new guys emerging, right? right? Creating comics, new comics, Canadian comics. I love that. And the main thing about this is that now with this new growth of Canadian comics, then you can help them a little. How you can help them a little? Well, what about if you grab those comics, put on my box, and then we put it as a subscription box. People might like that. Yeah. So you get, so you, the way you distinguish yourself is your subscription box is Canadian comics by Canadian creators. Creators. That's right. right. I mean, like, unfortunately, some of my comics won't, won't fit exactly into the, 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 into the Canadian uh, line over there because I have maybe a writer that is on, on Venezuela or another one from Ecuador or whatever. Uh, but then my comic, my Night Spike, there right? right um so what if so then i approach i think that somebody mentioned it uh, guys like um jeff uh aurora man okay uh, have you read that, that comic yeah Have jeff you? burton, burton. He, he does the comic called aurora Ar- man aurora aurora man yeah it's yeah. sort of like yeah aurora man mm-hmm. it's it's sort of like t- think of like Starman mm-hmm. with like the scepter and the, and yeah. the ball and that sort yeah. of thing but he's canadian yeah yeah, yeah. and then you have guys Winnipeg and I contact a bunch of them and they say yeah yeah I went in I went in so then now it comes back to the time management how you're going to put make sure that every single box looks beautiful as it is mm-hmm. the product that you're going to include in that box is worth I mean if you're going to pay 20 30 bucks for something like that you really want to have something that is like yeah I, I love it right, right. so now I'm on the time that we are putting together. I have content. I have material and content for about maybe six boxes, but I don't want to just release the whole thing right now because six months, they go quite fast. Wow. <laughs> and then I'd rather to have like enough material to have everything roll on, on its own. How did you find subscribers? Are- are you concerned about generating enough subscribers for the um, box? You at, at the beginning, this is this is the thing, and then you might that uh, of my not, not notice right now. But then uh, I like to run a little bit of like a, a test run. Yeah, like I, you were doing with your comic distribution. Distribution. So yeah. I, at this point, I think that the best way for me is to have the product ready. 
Okay. Then right after that, the subscribers are going to just come on its own, right? I have right now a number based on like maybe we have about like maybe a hundred subscribers, but I don't want them to pay yet. Right. right? So I just like, let's leave them there, right? Make sure that... That way you can get feedback from them about how they like the box and stuff like that. And a bunch of different cosplayers. uh, They're part of the box too, right? So guys like Candy Cosplay. We have another guy from uh, Vancouver. Of course, Toronto Joker. uh, Different bunch of guys. That's awesome. So, like... How can people get in on it, get in on it and support you and support the box? For now, they can go to the Facebook page. That's uh, www.facebook slash Studio Comics Press. Okay. Studio Comics is, uh, stu- is one word altogether. Studio Comics, C-O-M-I-X. Okay. Okay. Another word, press. <laughs> so that will be Studio Comics Press. Uh, .com over there. Um, I mean, yeah, it's .com. And uh, just give it a like to the page of the Studio Comics, and then that will keep you updated of when we're going to release of the actual information of the box. That will be the way to maintain contact information. I'm not releasing any other information. I mean, I mentioned a few names right. of people that they might be participating with the box. Yeah. Um. That's that's amazing because those are amazing guys. But as of right now, I don't want to go over any more details because then it kind of like, oh, I knew that it's gonna come, right? Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, ah. totally. But so yeah, it's good. You finally, you were also involved in Heroes Manufactured. Yeah, we've had Yoram Baton, the director of that uh, documentary, on on this show as well, and some of the artists that you mentioned, Aisha Han, nice. Ricky Lima, and Shane Huron, and those sorts of people. But you have a prominent role in this documentary, basically. Let me just tell the listeners. It's a documentary where Yaron went out to a bunch of different uh, comic conventions across Canada. And he sort of wanted to find out what separates the Canadian industry, the people that are working in Canadian comics, from uh, the our American counterparts. We're, you know, what is it about Canada and what the independents in Canada are doing uh, that uh, has contributed to that boom that you mentioned yeah. earlier? Yeah. And you're prominently featured. So how did you get involved with uh, your Yaron and Heroes Manufactured. I knew Yaron when he was running around uh, actually a year or two years ago at a fine expo. He was going around with small little camera crew and he was mentioned about like, hey, you know what? He was doing his stuff. Okay, right. like every other Canadian, like any other artist or people who want to break into the business, he was trying to make connections. And then he talked to me, he's like, hey, I, I'm putting together this documentary. And he kept insisting, right? I saw him over there and, okay, fine, let's, let's do a shot, right? So let's do a, a shot. And then we did like a little bit of a, you know, a little interview. What's your name? What are you doing here? What's your titles? And then you go over the, the convention speech. Right. Yeah, the words to comics, where I guess it's a, uh, it's a base, a comic book create a Canadian company based on Kitchen Waterloo. And then we have different titles from this and that and that. And that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you. That's good. And then time went by and then I saw him again. Uh, I talked to Jerome again at Hamilton Comic Con and then we start chatting again. And uh, he mentions like, hey, you know what? I need to retake that take for yeah. the documentary. 
And then we started chatting a little bit more. He saw the, the, the team that are people that we had at the time. It was about like six people that they were working for me. They're like, oh, you look quite big. I'm like, well, they love comics it's the same as me. So we're good. Oh, I like it. And then we start chatting. Yeah. Then he finds out about my background story that I'm from Mexico, that I've been doing this for quite some time. He sees the one doing it like, oh, this is, this, this might, might be interesting. Like, well, what, what is interesting about? <laughs> I ask him, what is the whole interest? He's like, yeah, we'll see what you have done. And this might be good material to put it together in a document. Yeah, because because you're an immigrant, you were already doing comics in Mexico, yeah. and then you come here, and then you yeah. rebuild your business from scratch. Like that's a that's a that's a story. I know, I know, on its own. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we start getting there. I get involved a little bit in the uh, um, executive production that he called. I was telling him, yeah, talk to him, go to this person, maybe let's change this little thing and that. At the end of the day, I just love the whole when the whole thing came live and i saw it that was just beautiful i mean i i didn't know he did an amazing job and he did actually uh put his focus on um on artists that they are doing something for the industry that right. they are really contributing for this new industry uh you have artists like uh included on the film like megan carter and the whole uh studio that they're working together right right they're working not only for the 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 states but they're working also for themselves yeah they're uh, she is at the comic book embassy embassy exactly yeah. comic book embassy so then they are doing this this whole whole thing uh you see takes you have a uh, andy from a comics yeah right andy it's another fantastic friend I, I get the I, those are the guys like Andy that I get the, t the chance to see him at a show yeah. but you never get the chance to talk to him because he's always too easy yeah yeah he's also a publisher he publishes Sad. the Jewish comic anthology yes. yeah. he published yeah. Moonshot all different kinds yeah the native comic anthology so yeah. Yeah. so then you have guys like Andy so he's fantastic so then I, he covers a big piece on that, right? Yeah. So then he has a piece of Andy and what's going on. Also, another, of course, who doesn't know Ty Templeton? Yeah, amazing. I mean, he's a legend. He's, he's a Canadian legend. And he's taught so many people. Yes. So many people that we've had on the yes. show. They were originally taught how to do comics by Ty Templeton at his uh, comic book boot camp. And he's fantastic. I mean, like, he's a great guy. Has 300% knowledge. Right, he's an amazing guy. You see a big uh, piece of participation on it. Uh, you have another um, artist on it that he gives a little bit of a take in the organization with the shows and kind of like a, an overview on the artwork. That is uh, Shane Shane Christianblad. Yeah, that he has worked with Andy. Yeah. Right before and doing some covers, so he's an amazing, a fantastic illustrator. Uh, Shane Christianblad over there adds a good piece on the on the movie, and of course me. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> wow. So I guess like th my only other thing is like, what's next for you? I mean, you are in a unique position. You're, you're, you're a Latino guy mm -hmm. who's doing comics. Mm -hmm. Is it important for you to have uh, more Latin Canadians involved in the industry? How do you see yourself as a minority in, in this unique industry? I don't consider myself minority. Right. I don't consider myself a minority. I don't consider myself a Latino. Okay. I don't, I just, I'm a Canadian. Right. Right. I'm a proud Mexican that I was living, uh, born in Mexico. I'm a proud Canadian now. And, um, 
everybody here, that's the fantastic, that's the magic of Canada. I love that part where you have this uh, mixture of flavors, cultures, uh, ways of views, political views, and everything mashes and lives alongs each other so beautifully that it's just great, right? That's something that, unfortunately, we don't have in Mexico. Right. right? It's, it's more conflict. It's a different way of living there where politics play a big role in Mexico yeah. and, and it gets a little tr problem. Uh, uh, community and socially is different. That's the beauty of Canada. What is next for me? Make sure that I keep that still as it is, that people still see the new people that they come to this country feel proud of being Canadian and that they do whatever they, whatever they do. They really love doing that. It could be comics. It could be gardening. It could be whatever. But they can feel whenever you hear from the government, they're always like, we want more uh, immigration. We want more business owners who are who are coming to this country and contributing a lot. They, you know, that they you are sort of the person that they envision when they talk about immigration and people who have their own businesses and entrepreneurship and that sort of thing. You you are who they're talking about. Whenever <laughs> I see Justin Trudeau do a speech, this is the type of you know person that they want to come to to the country. How do you feel about being? achieving that sort of uh, method, like that, that ideal of I'm a business owner, I come from this other country, and I'm, uh, I'm working hard to make things happen. I think that it doesn't... Yes, at the beginning, you might have some walls, right? right? That you have to go over. For instance, at the beginning, like I say, I have to adapt right. the Mexican way of thinking to the new way of thinking. You need to reprogram your brain, your way of thinking, and make sure that you fit on this new country that you want to live on. Right. Hopefully till, till I die. That's amazing. Okay? And it doesn't matter where or what you want to do or where you come from or what, where is your background. The what important thing that matters to me is what are you doing now? What is exactly what you're doing now and how far do you want to look? That's kind of like going back to your first question. How, uh, how far, what's next for you? Well, I'm very proud of being what I'm doing right now. Um, I think there's more to do. I don't know how much more, but I think that it's going to reach to the point that I know that I have to retire <laughs> right. at some point, but never give up. Keep going. Keep looking forward. Keep being proud of what you are. Uh, make sure that you direct your energy. Give your 100%, 110% of what you're doing and make sure that people at the end of the day get the, what they need and they go away with smile. Right? That's awesome. And uh, as for me, I mean, yeah, there might be more people. There might be, you know what? Like I always say, like everybody asks me, <laughs> and that's a question that friends and family, they they come to me, well, friends and some family members, they come to me and say like, how do you do it to go to Canada? What, what What's your secret? How, because you are, you have business, you have all this stuff doing, you might be rich. No, no, I'm not rich. Okay, I'm still the same as 20 years ago. The only difference is that I have learned how to manage my time. If you are stuck in traffic, 
uh, talking about Mexico, right? right? If you're stuck in traffic for 45 minutes and you cannot move, then it's 45 minutes away from your life that you're not going to be doing something that you might want to do or love. But that's what they have to live on. They have to be stuck on traffic for 45 minutes, two, three hours to get to one point to another. Right. So then they get upset. They're pissed off. They are already a little bit aggressive because like, it's, it's Mexico. It's a lot of people. So then you don't get to do exactly what you want because you are already overwhelmed for all the environment. Right. In my end, I learned that a lot of times so then I move away from Mexico City to a different city, a different city outside from the main city. And from there, I move here. So then the only thing for me to really adapt here was... A society, you know, like the new ways of like asking and the A, the part, the A of the Canada. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. And, um, and the weather. Yeah, the weather. Now, believe me, no, my first winter, my eyes were like, wow, there's snow coming from the sky. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's ama- exactly, that's amazing. Yeah, but right now it's like, oh, winter, you got a shovel. <laughs> yeah, you got a shovel, you got to get your jacket, yeah, you got to yeah. bundle up. Yeah, and go to a convention over there and haul all this stuff. Like, oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's, it's good. I mean, what do you have to do? There is no matter where you come from. You can achieve it as long as you want it. The only person who is gonna who is going to actually put and make some walls in what you can or you cannot do is going to be you. Yeah. So great. if you want to be... A gardener, you will be a gardener, right? If right. you really want to, because if you don't, then then you you will not be a gardener. A hundred percent. You yes. have to put the hundred percent in, like you're Excellent. saying. Excellent. That's awesome, man. That's a great note to end on. I just want to know sort of uh, where can people follow the future of Studio Comics on social media? Give us your Twitter. Give us your, your website. Give us all that stuff so okay. people know what you're doing. Okay. Everything is Studio Comics. <laughs> Everything is Studio Comics, S-T-U-D-I-O, mm-hmm. C-O-M-I-X, Studio Comics, one single word. Uh, Facebook, of course, is www.facebook.com slash Studio Comics. Yeah. Okay. For the Twitter account is at Studio Comics. For the Instagram, at Studio Comics. Uh, my name is spelled Alfonso, A-L-F-O-N-S-O. Yeah. And last name Espinos, E-S-P-I-N-O-S. Nobody has uh, been pushing competition to have another studio comics yet. <laughs> so um, I'm really the, happy that everything that you find over there is uh, referred to me or uh, to me. And then Heroes Manufacture, we have the same Facebook page at uh, www.heroesmanufacture.com. And... The Studio Comics website, www.studiocomics.com. And don't forget, it's comics with an X. X, exactly. Comics with an X. Yeah, for sure. Because we're independent, you know? Exactly, exactly. The original indie indie comic feel. Anyway, man, thank you so much for doing this. I love it. And uh, it's been great talking to you. And uh, I hope 
that uh, people go out and buy uh, all of your comics uh, the victory okay so i have an idea what sure. if uh, what if for this i mean we cannot do it live because this is a podcast okay but i'm gonna leave you some uh nike spike uh cover collection 2007-2017 for your listeners okay cool so i have one two three four so we'll have four of them Yeah, maybe we can give it away when this episode comes out. Yes, sir. You guys can get in touch with me at Never Sleeps Network, yep. uh, NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Uh, you can get in touch and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Speech Bubble Pod. And uh, we'll be giving away yeah. some of these comics. We've got Night Spike issues. And then I'll give you a full collection of Death Victory done by Jonathan Rampanti. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so go go and find us on Facebook at Speech Bubble Pod. Like our page, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, and we'll be giving these comics away the week that uh, Alfonso's uh, episode comes out. Yeah, so, yeah. so stay tuned for that. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher, uh, Google Play, wherever you find your comics. We're also doing a survey to find out more about our listeners. So go to Uh, surveymonkey.com slash uh, speechbubblepod or tinyurl.com slash speechbubblepod. It's all there. It's all on our social media and uh, check it out. You can also review us on iTunes and we will give you a shout out on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. What about to every single person that gets reviewed on iTunes? That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we can review get, it. We, if you review our Thank show you. on iTunes and you review this episode, we will we will give you a comic as well. Yeah, we'll we'll put your name into the little ball. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then we, we pick draw like three. Yeah, we'll, we'll make draw a draw. It out. That's exactly. good. Exactly, that'd idea. be awesome. That's a good idea. So do do what you can and uh, win some comics, man. Yeah, of course. All yeah. right, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on Speech Bubble. Speech Bubble, the podcast that goes one-on-one -on -one with Toronto's comic book luminaries. See you next time. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. This episode of Speech Bubble is sponsored by Harry Tarantula at 6979 Young Street. They sell comics and games to bright and imaginative people like you. So go there for your comics fix and go there for their games nights that happen all week. Check harryt.com for the schedule and tell them Aaron sent you.